0: and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me A.J. Fotheringham, here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. A.J., would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths?
1: Hi. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Leanna, for inviting me. I'm A.J. Fotheringham. I'm from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, where it's very cold right now, and it's a lot warmer in my office talking to you. I uh, write cozy mysteries my series is called uh, the lambs bay mysteries and we'll talk more about that as we go along. i've been writing since I was nine years old, my mother told me not to wake her up early I did so she said go read something or write something just leave me the heck alone, so I went away and wrote a poem and i've been writing ever since um my parents of course were very traditional and they said you need a day job you can't just sit around and write poetry so I became a journalist and then I went into corporate communications and uh I wrote, published things, all sorts of things, but uh, and I kept writing on the side, but I never got around to putting much of my stuff out there. I published a children's book, a poetry book, some stories that I won awards for, and things like that. But actually, getting to my novels took a while. And uh, what really gave me the impetus for getting my novels written was uh, decided to go and do my master's degree at Seton Hill University. And in writing popular fiction, it's a fabulous program. And um, I started writing series, which is what I wanted to do. I didn't get anything published right away because I was very busy in my private life and my job. But uh, after I stopped caring for my parents, I decided it was now or never. (laughs) And one of my sons said, Mom, are you going to publish this stuff or it's gonna end up in the dumpster. And I went, ah! So I started working on it in 1919 to get, I was already writing my series at that time and I got my website set up and started, went all set to put out my first book, Peril at the Point and COVID hit and we went into lockdown. So all the people who said they would help me out, weren't there. And it was a heck of an experience figuring it out for myself, but I was very proud of myself that I managed to do it. So that's where I am today, and that's me.
0: (laughs) Wow, what a journey, and oh, that's so awful that, well, I'm sure there's a lot of authors out there that can relate to your story about COVID just making things harder in their writing journey.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, the only good thing about COVID is I can't go anywhere, so I can't procrastinate, so I have to write my books. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say, oh, I'll just schedule coffee or maybe go out for lunch and go look at the stores. I can't go anywhere. So I um, have a health issue. So I have to be careful not to get COVID. So I'm super vigilant. And so I'm here. And what I tell people, I go to Lamb's Bay. There's no COVID in Lamb's Bay. And I have a great time and I get to kill a few people. (laughs)
0: So is any of your writing inspired by your actual life?
1: Yeah, I think part of it is my dad was in pathology and the talk around the dinner table was often about dead bodies. (laughs) Lost a few boyfriends that way, (laughs) but um, he inspired in me an interest in that sort of thing and he'd always have some story he got from his friends who were police coroners or whatever. And um, he read a lot of mysteries and he got me hooked on them. And I started reading them at a very early age. And yes, I do get inspired by what happens around me. Like, for example, just this week, someone I know uh, ordered something online and got something totally inappropriate and not what they wanted (laughs) (laughs) instead. And um, we got talking about, I wonder what the person who ordered this Implement wondered when they got my nice warm fluffy poncho that I ordered. <laughs> so you have experiences like that that give you ideas, uh, characters I meet, uh, situations I've been in. Yes, they definitely inspire me to, to put in my books or to use in my plots.
0: Oh, that's great, and I think most of us do do that and put either a little bit of ourselves or a little bit of what happens around us into our books. And that just makes writing fun.
1: Yes, I think so. And if there's like, I know in my books, my main character, she does some things that I do. Like for example, I'm a cookie monster. If you get me around a bag of cookies, I can't stop. So I keep them in the freezer so that if I want to have cookies, I have to defrost them. And it makes me think twice. So she does the same thing. So everybody says, oh, there she goes, freezing her cookies again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that's actually a tip my main character could use because she is a fiend for Oreo cookies. Oh, me, it's chocolate chip. <laughs> <laughs> and like you said, she needs to put those in the freezer, so she thinks twice. <laughs> yeah. It sounds silly, but it works. (laughs) You can't binge cookie. You can't binge eating frozen cookies. So you could probably end up with an ice cream headache without the ice cream. Or break a tooth. (laughs) That too. (laughs) So, So do you have any uh, advice for those who want to write their own cozies? Yes. Read, 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 and read read all the
1: series, find out how they work, learn from others. It's one of the best teachers you can have. Um, Make it authentic. Uh, Don't make it so weird that people go, this is ridiculous. But on the other hand, you need a bit of whimsy in there. You have to have some fun. Uh, You need a bit of humor, because I think we all need that in our lives. Definitely. uh, But reading in your niche is uh, very important. I was lucky when I did my master's that uh, my teachers both wrote uh, mysteries and one of the best pieces of advice I got was from one of them was she said, don't let your series be stagnant, make the characters evolve as well as the mysteries so that, you know, it's not just the same people doing the same thing every day. Uh, going and solving a different mystery. You've got to have some personal interest in there. And so I think that's very important. People look for that. They want to know about their sleuths, what their private life is like, what they do. Do they keep their cookies in the freezer? You know, I think that's very important. And write, 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 write. until you get it right.
0: Uh, that's some great advice. And you're right about... The, our readers wanting to know a little bit about our main characters behind the scenes I guess you could say yes
1: oh definitely I I get asked questions sometimes you know like is Hilly you and I go what do you mean first not <laughs> meet her up and people go no 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 I see you in there <laughs> <laughs> you get a little freaky at times because <laughs> you wonder if people look at you that way
0: Oh. Yeah, I wonder if people do see me in Sabia. Even though yeah, I do put a little bit of myself in there. I I made her an old movie fan like I'm an old movie fan, but I kind of made mm-hmm. her a little bit more witty. Yeah. With her with her fandom, shall we say. She can quote an old movie line at the drop of a hat. Now that's great.
1: Yeah, mine, she reads mystery stories like I do. (laughs) And she always makes sure it's not a scary mystery before she goes to sleep, (laughs) because if not, she'll have bad dreams. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's, um, it's important. I think that they feel your characters aren't just there to surround the plot of the mystery, that they're involved in a daily routine a daily life and uh, they're involved with the other people who are trying to get the mystery solved as
0: well I think that's important yeah I I completely agree Um, making sure that your characters aren't just mannequins around a story is very important (laughs) definitely so do you have a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters?
1: <laughs> oh, I think hands down Hilly's my favorite. She's um, got a good head on her shoulders and she's always trying to help people out and she knows that's what gets her into trouble. But um, she deals with an interesting cast of characters. She's She came back to Lamb's Bay after her boyfriend uh she went for therapy after her child died. His therapy was other women. So uh, she came back to her hometown and uh, set up her own business. And all the people that she deals with, a lot of them, she's known all her life, but she didn't know them for about 10 years when she was away. So it's um, she's having fun uh, learning about them. And she's also learning about herself. And I think That's something I've had to do in the past few years is learn more about myself and who I am and what I want to do and be and all that. And it's a process we go through every few years. So I think Hilly is definitely my favorite. Her name is Hilaria Barton Cheswick. Her father was a classic scholar and he named most of his daughters after Roman gods or goddesses. Uh, her, Her name's Hilaria. Her sister's name is Vesta. And she would not qualify for the Vestal Virgins. (laughs) (laughs) I do like Vesta very much too. She's the total total opposite of Hilly. She's a fashionista. She's she's an accountant by trade, but she's totally, uh, she's looking for a rich husband. And Hilly is, you know, the other way. She's recovering. She's guarding her heart. So they're an interesting couple of sisters to write about.
0: That's funny because I actually have a set of sisters in my Mystic Ranch Mysteries. Uh-huh. Uh there's my main character, Sabia, but Sabia is a twin. Her oh, okay. Her sister's name is Lay- Layla. And uh-huh. like like your like your sisters, they're complete opposites. Sabia has lived on the family ranch her whole life. She's very small town, very Country esque while Layla went off to Denver to dance in the ballet company, oh wow, <laughs> so Layla's very has been very citified and she comes back to the ranch only because she broke her ankle and can't dance anymore, so she's starting a ballet school
1: <laughs> well that's interesting yeah it's, it's um. When they've had been away from each other for a while it's interesting to see how the dynamic between the sisters changes. I know my mother and we we emigrated to Canada when I was small from Great Britain and when my mother and her sister got back together oh my god (laughs) (laughs) the only thing I can say.
0: So do you have an author that's most influenced your writing? Well, there
1: were a bunch of them when I was small. I started out with, you know, the typical Nancy Drew and the Bobsy Twins and the Jack and Jill Mysteries and all kind of books like that. And I was an early reader, so I jumped ahead. And because here in Quebec, uh, we're, a lot of majority of us are bilingual, uh, I started reading Arsène Lupin series by Maurice Leblanc when I was about 12, 13. And uh, there's about 20 books of those. And I, I read my way through those. And I loved the interplay of how they wove the plots and the characters. And sometimes you weren't even sure who was who right till the end of the book. And another author I read a lot of was Maurice de Cobra, who was also a, um, an early 19th, uh, 20th century writer, and actually wrote a book about a murder on a train before Agatha Christie did. His book was called La Medanne de Sleeping, uh, sleeping, this uh, Frenchified word for a sleeping car. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so uh, they influenced me a lot, plus everything else I could get my hands on. I just, if the, the word mystery was in it, I would read it. So I read a lot of Agatha Christie, too. Um, I had a whole summer where I just read from one Agatha Christie to the other. So uh, I'm a big reader. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hey, that's that's always great when you're a writer is to read. And like you said, your advice, read, read, read. Yeah. Personally, I love the Cat Who series. They were like my first ever cozy mysteries that I started reading. And lately, I've been into the uh, Number One Ladies Detective Agency series. Oh, yeah, I love that. And I've recently discovered um, Mary Roberts Reinhardt, who was one of the early 20th century mystery writers. Actually, she was called the American Agatha Christie. Yes. And I just fell in love with her book, The Circular Staircase.
1: Yeah, I read a lot of those at one point and uh, just left them. And every now and then I find one I haven't read.
0: <laughs> She's
1: very prol- prolific.
0: Yeah, and I actually did a, a show on her for, for Women's International Women, Women's Day a couple of years back. And researching her life was very interesting, too.
1: <laughs> you can imagine. Yeah, no, that's a a lot. It's funny how so many mystery writers are women. Like I belong to Crime Writers of Canada and there's only about 350 members, I think. Uh, We're a big country with very little population and most of them are women and most of them write uh, cozies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it... It is interesting how the cozy genre tends to appeal to women. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, guys, I think they like to put a lot more action in, you know, uh, like my character. She has a gun, but everybody jokes because she never uses it. and If she does, she forgets to load it. In the first book, she's known for having actually pulled her gun out of her purse and threatened a bad guy and discovered it was not loaded, so she threw it at his face and broke his nose. <laughs> oh,
0: that's terrific. <laughs> and then she
1: ran like heck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. You
1: know, if it was a guy, the guy would have had her, his character pull out a gun and blow the bad guy away. <laughs>
0: So it's kind of fun. Yeah. So if you and your main character were to sit down to coffee, what kind of drink would they get? Oh, definitely coffee.
1: Hilly is known all over Lamb's Bay for her addiction to coffee. Everywhere she goes, people say, coffee, Hilly? And she goes, oh, no, not again. (laughs) Does everybody know my life? Um, She might have a cappuccino at times but she usually drinks coffee. Uh, she likes to have coffee when she goes to the police station because the, the chief of police, he believes that if his men are gonna, his women who work for him are gonna work hard, they deserve decent coffee. So he has very good coffee at the police station. So <laughs> She goes there and she also has donuts with her coffee. She <laughs> like me, she shares a love of chocolate sprinkled donuts. So there's usually one waiting for her when she goes to a meeting with the police chief.
0: (laughs) Oh, my kind of girl. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Gotta have some fun.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sabia is an absolute, along with being a chocoholic, she is a coffee addict too. In fact, uh, with her love interest, Bridger, ever since they started dating, he's been trying to get her to cut back on the coffee <laughs> oh gosh you know try to get her to you know drink like chamomile teas you know things that aren't coffee
1: <laughs> yeah Besta tries that on Hilly when she comes back to hellam's Bay for a while and she serves her green tea for breakfast and poor Hilly can't wait to get out of the house <laughs> so she can go to the grab and go and get a decent coffee <laughs>
0: actually one of my lines from, um, my third book that's being worked on is, uh, Bridger takes like Moroccan Turkish coffee, you know, that's served in the little mm-hmm. cups. Yeah. She looks at the little cups and goes like, Cain, I know you think I drink too much caffeine, but this is extreme even for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I once went to a fraternity sister's house and, uh, didn't know her family background and her father served me coffee like that. Oh boy. Woo. (laughs) I didn't walk home. I flew home. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you learn. (laughs) Yeah. Next time I went, I said, no, I'd rather have water. (laughs) So outside of writing, do you have any hobbies? Well, writing and reading are my biggies, but I like to do photography um, because when I was working corporate communications, I often had to take pictures for the the newsletters or the, the company newspapers or whatever. I took several photography courses and I really enjoy taking decent photos and But I like to do things like, you know, like there's a clump of mushrooms with some dandelions glowing and I get growing around it and I get right down in there. So I call them sort of small worlds. I'd like to do a book of them at some point, but um, I'll get in there. It's been very hard to get out to do much photography with all the COVID restrictions. So I've sort of been on a hiatus with that, but I do enjoy photographing various things. Most of the covers on my books are my own photos. Uh, A couple of them, I was forced to use um, stock photography because I couldn't get out to do what I wanted. Like right now I need a picture of a dead body on a beach and there's so much snow outside. There's no way I can talk anybody into pretending that they're dead on a beach and lying down. (laughs) So I'll have to find stock photography for that. But mostly I use my own photography for the covers wow that's impressive yeah i enjoy it you know i looked at stuff and i said hey i'm not that i'm not bad might as well just do it (laughs) yeah and the other thing i like is uh you know um collecting old books um you know people will give me a book sometimes say this is an old book belonged to my grandfather it's dated 18 something but i didn't know if you'd like it and i go i'd love it (laughs) wow so it's just uh mainly children's books but sometimes novels and things so it's just an interest i have i i can't see an old book being thrown out it hurts (laughs) so i give them homes (laughs) yeah Um, and at this rate i may have to move on to the balcony
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh starting to get a little overwhelming huh
1: (laughs) yeah i'm trying to stick to ebooks as much as i can these days but i don't know there's just something so special about holding a book in your hand that's 200 years old and it's uh it just feels special and in fact in books eight which will be out in may uh it involves a library and books it's called late at the library late as in books and late as in someone who didn't survive being in the library (laughs) and there's old books involved in the whole plot of the book and I had a lot of fun writing that
0: oh I bet that sounds like that sounds like it'll be great I hope so (laughs) (laughs) so how can my snoops and sleuths follow you To follow me,
1: uh, well, I'm on Facebook as AJ Fotheringham. I'm on Instagram as AJ Fotheringham1. I have a website, uh, good old www.ajfotheringham.com. I also have a blog on there, which people can sign up to follow. I'm on Goodreads, and I sell my books through Amazon, and they're on Kindle, Kindle Unlimited, and I have paperbacks. So there's lots of places to
0: find me. And I'll be sure to include the links in the show's notes. Thank you. Wow, I've had so much fun chatting with you. It's, this has been great. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed it too. You know, it's like, nice to talk to people
1: on Zoom when you're stuck at home all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you on that one. It. Sometimes being an author and having to stay home can get very lonely. Yeah.
1: Well, this year, my, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of uh, author meets online and uh, actually it works out well because I mean, you you can wear your pajama pants with your nice sweater and everybody says, Oh, I like your sweater. And you go, yeah, don't ask to see what I'm wearing with it (laughs) (laughs) and we have a good laugh and we drink a cup of coffee or heavens above maybe a sip a little wine and I'm actually planning a lu- I used to have a luau trivia a luau party at the end of February every year to say bye-bye winter please go away of course that never worked because winter here stays till end of March <laughs> but last year we did a luau trivia party online and that was a lot of fun so you have to make your own fun in this kind of situation
0: Yeah. Well, I can't believe we're at the last question, but what is one complaint your characters would have about you as an author?
1: I keep putting her in situations where she (laughs) has to solve crimes. (laughs) She's always complaining, all I want is a quiet life. And you know, the police chief will say to her, Hilly, stay out of it. Stay out of trouble. Just go home and behave. And she goes, I don't do it on purpose. I you know, I keep falling into these mysteries. And oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to do? And things happen around me, people get kidnapped, people get killed, and I get ended up getting involved and in having to help out solve what happened. So that's her major complaint. And I hear it often in every book. So. <laughs> She's just a girl with, who wants a quiet life, but I don't think she really
0: does. <laughs> I think that could apply to a lot of our cozy heroes is like, I'm in this small town for a quiet life. Mm-hmm. Why am I always the one that has to step in? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a police force. What the heck are they doing?
1: <laughs> you know, and, uh. Oh, yeah, I can get complicated, but I think that would be her major complaint.
0: So, Oh, that's great. And it's been great talking with you, AJ. Oh, it's been great talking to you, too. I've enjoyed it. I'm glad. Well, Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons, Regina, Cozy Cub, Dower Bear, and Patty Paul. For their contributions in keeping the show commercial free and growing. If you'd like to be like Regina and have your name mentioned on the air, join me on my Patreon page at patreon.com/slash the cozy sleuth. Or you can become a member of my coffee clutch and join me at coffee.com slash the cozy sleuth. That's ko-fi.com slash the cozy sleuth. And if you want to hear some cozies read by great actors, check out the Cozy Mystery Rats Maze, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, this is Leanna Shield saying, keep cozy.